called your name out of darkness into the light. Yeah, man, I feel like I'm amongst uh, brethren and sisters here who know where they came from and know where you're going. You got to know where somebody came from before you can appreciate why they act the way they act. Y'all have heard my testimony. Anybody here never heard my testimony? Raise your hand. Man, more than half of you. I was born the first time, September the 4th, 1972, into a drunkard's home. Is this mine? My father and my mother had never been to church, not one time in their life. My mother was uh, 17, 18 years old. My father was 20 or 21 years old, and, and they were heading to hell as fast as they could get there. My father was a drunkard. My mother was married to a drunkard. They were on the brink of divorce. My brother is a year and a half older than me. I was just a few weeks old when I was born into a drunkard's house. And the neighbor down the road from my mother and father looked at my mom and dad and said, you need to go down to this crazy church at the corner of Alpine and Percival Roads and get some free entertainment. There's a man of God down there that will entertain you, hang you out over hell. People pay him to do it. Tell you you're going to hell for 45 minutes and there's no cover charge. And he told my dad, he said, go drink you a few beers, catch a buzz, and you and Sharon go down there and just watch the show, get your babysitter. And they did. They got a babysitter, had never been to church, ever. Not once. Got a babysitter for my brother and I, went to the old country church on a Sunday night, sat about three quarters of the way back on the right-hand side, expecting to see the show. But see, there was a man of God named Alvin Fleming who hadn't been watching Oprah Windbag as the world burns all my illegitimate children, hadn't been stuck on all days with our wives listening to Johnny Trash and Tammy Why Not, had his, had his nose in the book, the, the Facebook that we ought to be looking at, the King James Bible, got a set of leather lungs, pinned his ears back and began to preach on hell. My mom and dad sat there sweating. My dad looked at my mom and said, I've done everything that man of God has preached against. I'm gonna die and go to that place called hell. I'm getting out of here. I need a Winston. I need a cigarette. I'm out of here. He went to stand up and walk out the back door of the church and the man of God said, look here, send a friend before you leave lost. I've got good news for you. There's a man named Jesus who went to a hill called Calvary, shed every drop of blood that he had in his body so that you don't have to go to that place called hell. My dad looked at my mom and said, I need what he's talking about. I'll go if you'll go. My mom and dad in 1972 held hands walked an old fashioned aisle to an old fashioned altar got John 3.3 born again washed in the blood of the lamb hey God took the Budweiser out of his hand put a King James Bible in its place and honey we went to church every time the doors were open we were there on Sunday for we had Sunday school we had 11 o'clock worship we had 4 o'clock training union we had 5 o'clock Sunday evening service we had Monday uh, visitation, uh, Tuesday clean up the grounds, uh, Wednesday midweek prayer service, uh, Thursday we was knocking on doors, Friday we was watching the grass grow, uh, Saturday we was coming in for a covered dish, uh, and Sunday morning we'd do it all over again. Uh, I grew up at Greer Baptist Camp Meeting, Blue Ridge Baptist Camp Meeting, uh, Dr. Sammy Allen, Dr. Billy Kenoy, uh, Billy Kelly, Mays Jackson, uh, uh, some of the greatest men of God that's ever walked in shoe leather. I grew up listening to them. Uh, honey, I could quote their messages, their cliches. Uh, I knew when, listen, I wasn't saved, but I knew when God showed up. Uh, old man Burns threw that chair up on his head, start 
marching around the Greer Baptist camp meeting, I'd look around and I'd say, oh, God's here. He's in this place. I wasn't saved, but you could tell when the atmosphere changed, baby, when the Holy Ghost showed up. You know when the King of Kings marches in. You know when the Holy Ghost shows up and saturates the atmosphere with his presence. My dad took a pastorate up in North Car- in Pennsylvania, and uh, I was 14, 13 years old when we moved up there. Spent four and a half years of my life in Yankee territory. Could not wait to get back south where I belonged. But at the age of 17 and a half years old, I was dating a little girl. I thought I loved her, and I did. Dated her for a little while, courted her, however you want to call it. And we had a breakup, and I was broken over that breakup. I was working at the Weaver's House of Chicken in the Mom Mall, Morgantown Outlet Mall, in the food court, just trying to make enough money to pay the insurance and the car payment on my Camaro. And uh, I thought I had it made, buddy. And, uh, and there was a fellow that worked around the corner at the liquor store. He would come up to the house of chicken when I would give him extra food and extra portions and give him a mall discount. And he looked at me one day and he said, Barry, if you ever want anything to drink now, if you ever want alcohol, he said, I believe you're mature enough to handle it. You hooked me up. He said, if there's nobody in the liquor store and uh, just hand me the money, we won't ring it up. I'll put it in a paper bag and you just go on about your business. I'll hook you up since you hooked me up. Now, here's what I told him. I said, yeah, man, that's cool. But inside, I said, no way, Jose. I know what the preacher said about drinking liquor. I know what he said about dying drunk and going to hell a drunkard. I said, yeah, okay, that's cool. But inside, I'm thinking, never will I ever want what you've got to offer. But the devil hit me on a hard day. I was having an emotional breakdown. My heart was broken. And I didn't go to the Bible. And I walked around the corner, and the devil had it all planned out. See, if you want to sin, the devil will have a boat waiting on you like he did Jonah. There wasn't nobody in there but that fella. And I said, man, give me a bottle of Jack Daniels. I said, if you're going to sin, go ahead and do it all at one time. I got me a pack of Marlboro Lights, got me a cassette tape that said Def Leppard on it, put it all in a paper bag, rolled it up, put it in the broom closet. And about 9.45 that night as I was closing up the shop, I put my sins in a 1986 Camaro, backed up to the back side of a mall parking lot, looked up to heaven, and I said, God, I'm going to sin one time. I'm going to go into Sin City. I'm going to look around. I'm going to play around, but I'm coming right back out. I'm not going to get hooked. I'm not going to end up a shop drunk. I'm not going to end up in the gutter of life the way the man of God said. I'm not going to chase the bottle the way Mays Jackson said. I'm not going to end up upside down like Brother Billy Kelly said. I'm going to do this. I'm going to hide the evidence. I'm going to get away with it, and and it's going to be okay. You're going to forgive me. Mom and Dad ain't going to find out about it, and I'm going to beat the system, so I thought. I remember popping the top on a fifth of Jack Daniels that night, poured liquid fire down my throat, lit up a Marlboro light, about choked half to death, turned on some Def Leppard, but can I tell you, for a few moments, it felt good. Y'all listen to me. I don't want to mess y'all's stuff up. Don't ever tell your kids that sin ain't fun. That's, re- that's rebuking what God said. There is pleasure in sin. See, we got to tell them the whole story. It'll suck you in. Hey, sin will put its fangs in your neck. You'll want to play around with it for a while because it's cute and cuddly, only to find out that it's injected the venom of poison of sin into your body and you're left, uh, you're left uh, with nothing left in life but the scraps of humanity. I felt good. About an hour and a half later, I said, my God, I got to get home. 
before mom and dad find out about it. I slipped in the back door, slipped in my bedroom. The next day I thought, man, I got away with it. I got away with it one time. I can get away with it two times. I drank a little bit of more liquor, smoked a couple more cigarettes, listened to that music. And the next night, a little bit more, the bottle ran out, got me another bottle, got me another pack. That, that tape ran out. Of, uh, I, I got bored with it, so I got me another one. Uh, and then the next thing you know, I'm drinking liquor every night after work. I met a boy who turned me on. He said, he said boy, he said, Barry, let me tell you something. You're already drinking. Let me show you something that will enhance the buzz of alcohol. He opened up a red and white capsule called Tylox. It had five milligrams of oxycodone in it and 500 milligrams of acetaminophen. He said, let this soak up underneath your tongue. Do a sublingual soak in and then chase it down with a cold Michelob. And I said, well, you know what? I've already been sending for four or five days. What's one pill gonna hurt? Boy, I popped the top on that thing, opened up that capsule, poured it under my tongue, and about 10 minutes later, I was on top of the world. I said, I have found what I'm looking for. I don't need God. I don't need the Bible. I don't need religion. I have found what my soul has desired. And buddy, I found out real quick that that oxycodone, it hit the spot. If I couldn't get oxycodone, I was doing hydrocodone, the Loratab, the Percocets, whatever I could find. And then, you know what I found out? Sin is never satisfied. Five milligrams after about five days didn't seem to work quite as good. Now I needed 10 milligrams. Oh, that hit the spot for about a week. And then I needed 15 milligrams. And then 20 milligrams. And then I was turned on at 345 North 4th Street in Reading, Pennsylvania. A family member of mine, my brother, said, Brother, he said, you ain't done nothing until you try this with your cocktail. And he poured out a white powdery substance on my glass kitchen table, an eight ball of what's called cocaine. I snorted a line of cocaine, popped an Oxycontin, about 100 milligrams, chased it down with some liquor and some beer. And buddy, I was well on my way to living it up. 13 years later, I found myself with needle tracks in my arms shooting up heroin cocaine up my nose and crystal meth hell's angels tattoos all over my body gonna ride a motorcycle into a lake of fire and impress the devil that's how foolish I have become I'm here to tell you friend I never realized I never dreamed that one drink of liquor would take me down a road that went so far down honey they said, I've been up for four days. I really don't know. That's what they said. I've been speedballing for four days, doing uppers and downers at the same time, hallucinating, going crazy, seeing Indians jumping out in the middle of the road in front of my motorcycle. I passed out in a Hells Angels clubhouse. They said for about two or three hours. I really don't know. All I remember, preacher, is after 13 years of this, 13 years of being high and drunk every day of my life, Every day. Passed out in the Hells Angels Club. I'd been dealing dope, smoking dope, and snorting dope for four days. Not had slept, had not eaten. Passed out. I woke up on an old grungy couch in the Hells Angels Clubhouse right outside of Charleston. Old long hair was hanging down. I remember leaning down and the hair was touching my knees. Weighed 140-something pounds. Skin and bones. You could count my ribs on the side of my gut. I remember as I woke up and I looked down at the floor and I looked over to the left and there was a puddle of blood where someone had got hurt the night before and the Holy Ghost began to deal with me for the first time in 13 years and I remember thinking, I wonder who got hurt last night. Was it one of us? Was it another gang member? Or, or what happened? I don't know. I was out for three hours. I walked over to the bar and, and the bartender had 
had passed out the night before and he had puked all in his beard and there was half digested food and mucus all dried up in his beard and I remember thinking, man, that is sick. I could tell you the song that was playing on the jukebox. I could tell you the smells, the marijuana and the crack cocaine that was in the air in the clubhouse. The sounds of the jukebox and the motorcycles that were idling in the front yard. The taste that was on my lips from the night before, the liquor and the dope and and the drainage in the back of my throat and blood that had dried around my nose from doing too much crystal meth and my nose had bled while I was asleep and and all of these sights and sounds and tastes and smells. All of my senses were invaded by sin, but preacher, for the first time in 13 years, in 13 years I had not wept and tears began to roll down my cheeks and I remember thinking, my God, how did I get here? How did I get so far from the truth and the Holy Ghost of God marched in that Hell's Angels clubhouse, kicked the doors open, sat down next to this old long-haired country boy and said, boy, I tried to tell you 13 years ago, sin will take you further, keep you longer and make you pay more than you ever dreamed. And I remember thinking, my God, my God, I gotta get out of here, I can't take it anymore. And out of nowhere, the Holy Ghost captivated my eyes and my ears and my nose and my mouth and my hands. All of a sudden, I couldn't hear the jukebox. I couldn't hear the motorcycles in the front yard. I couldn't see anything. I couldn't smell. I couldn't taste. Any, everything was captivated by the Holy Ghost. And God Almighty in a Hell's Angels clubhouse captivated the theater of my mind and took me back many years to when I was a nine, 10 year old boy sitting on the front row of the Greer Baptist camp meeting All of a sudden, I could see it as clear as it was happening in real life. Brother Billy Kelly got up behind that pulpit with his bolo tie and his overalls and that fiddle, and he began to sing. Like the prodigal son, I wandered in darkness. I traded my light for a world of good times. No peace in my heart I ever could find. Tears begin to roll down my face. He said, I got so tired of eating after the swine. I said, God, that's me. I'm tired of eating after the swine. I'm in the hog pen. I remember jumping the rail, hitting the trail, and landing in the hog pail. Here I am. And the Holy Ghost said, shut up, boy. Let him sing the chorus. Oh, Brother Billy said, I believe I'll go home and eat with the Father. The table is spread. They're waiting for me. I can see the Father coming out to greet me. Lord, I'm willing to be just a servant for thee. With Kid Rock on the jukebox, people passed out all over the clubhouse. My whole back tattooed Hell's Angels Club colors. Needle tracks in my arms, dried blood on my face. Whiskey bent, hell bound, half drunk, hollow eyed. I got on a 1999 Harley Davidson fat boy with 21 inch ape hangers. 
rolled the throttle back and said, if I can just get home to my wife and two kids, I can get out of this conviction. I can shake whatever's on my back. I need a fix. That's all it is. But can I tell you something? The Holy Ghost don't leave. When he starts a job, he finishes it. Well, I was a party and mom and dad was praying. You can do a lot of things, but you can stop a lot of things. But you can't stop a mom and a daddy from praying a wayward child back home. You can't stop a local church from fasting and praying and God putting the hounds of heaven on your heels, baby. You can't stop it. Holy Ghost got on the back, put his arms around me and began to squeeze me. You can see, you can see trails on my cheeks from the grunge of four days of nothing but partying and tears rolling down through the grunge on my cheeks. I finally got up to Elgin at that stoplight. It was a Sunday morning. God had it all planned out. I've been gone for four days. My wife has not heard from me. My two kids have not heard from me. God had it all planned out. It was 9.30 on a Sunday morning. I pulled up to the only stoplight in Elgin. Nobody's on the road but me, God, and my wife. God had her stop on the other side of the stoplight. My wife could tell you this story as quick as I can. She remembers it like it was yesterday. I pulled up on one side. She pulls up on the other. I'm going straight. She's going to turn that way to go to the old country church where she was going to escape the reality of living with a drug dealer. I sat there and I thought, my God, let this light turn. I don't want to look at her. I don't want to look at her. I wait till she gets home from church. She'll be happy. She won't, she won't fuss at me. Everything will be okay. I'll apologize. I'll give her roses. She'll, she'll believe me. But God said, no, you won't look at her this time. God froze that stoplight. You say, I don't think God would do that. He told the son to stand still for Joshua. He ain't got no problem with a stoplight, does he? I looked at my wife, and she looked at me from across the intersection. I could not have heard a word that she would have said, but her heart began to scream. Honey, where have you been? I didn't sign up for this when I married you. The kids are going to bed hungry. There's nothing in the refrigerator but beer. You're out wasting every dime that we have on wine and women and song, and I don't even know if I'm going to have a vehicle to drive to work tomorrow because they're wanting to know where the car payment is. There's a red sticker on the electric meter that we're not even going to have electricity. We want you to come home and be a dad. Tears began to roll down my face again as our 10-year-old son pointed through the window as if to say, Daddy! Yeah. Daddy, Mama goes to bed crying every night. Me and little sister are hungry. Our home is dysfunctional. Hey, Dad, we need you. Won't you come home? Our little daughter, two years old, Alexis, was trying to look up over the dash from the back seat and had her little Sunday dress on and here's what she began to scream at me from her heart. Daddy, it won't be long. I'll have a property of patch on my back. I belong to one of them boys down there in the clubhouse. They'll pass me around and I'll be pregnant at 15 out of wedlock. I'll have tattoos on my body and needle tracks in my arms. And Hey, Dad, there's nothing you can say about it because you're teaching me that that's a way of life. Tears are pouring down my cheeks and the light turned green. She turned right. I went straight three miles to the home. Let the motorcycle fall to the concrete. That's how wore out I was. Crawled through the house. Locked the bathroom door in the master bedroom. Laid down on a cold linoleum floor and I said, God, I can't break free. I can't get out of this. You say, preacher, what could you not break free from? Sin, but two things majorly. Number one, I couldn't put the dope down. I wasn't just smoking pot, honey. I was shooting heroin. I was eating Oxycontin like it was M&M's. I was, a, I was as full-blown of a heroin addict as a man can be for 13 years. You don't just put that down. 
Your body locks down on you. You can't breathe. It, it literally takes all of the life out of you. You think you're going to die for eight weeks after the amount of dope that I did. I said, God, I can't do it. God, they told me when they put that big tattoo on my back in a Hells Angels clubhouse that if I ever tried to get out of the club, they would skin my back with a blowtorch. what they said. I said, God, I don't know what to do. Help, Lord, help. And God said, hold on, help is on the way. I didn't get saved that Sunday morning, but I got up with a whole different view on life. You know what my view was? I'm miserable. I'm going to die and go to hell. I need God. But I was trying to shake it off. I went to the same bars, to the same clubhouses, the same meth labs, uh, the same crack houses, the same old crowd, the same old pool halls, uh, same old bar fights, same old mess, same old junk. Uh, And you know what I found out? It wasn't getting me high anymore. Uh, Everybody wanted to just leave me alone because I was cantankerous and miserable and maniacal. Uh, Nobody wanted to be around me. But the following Monday morning, eight days later, hallelujah, I didn't know it then but I know it now that's the number of new beginnings eight days after I called upon God I woke up on a Monday morning October the 27th 2003 under such conviction I couldn't eat I couldn't sleep I couldn't breathe I walked into the master bathroom looked in the mirror and for the first time my sin had become exceeding sinful I said I'd rather die going through withdrawal I'd rather die getting out of hell's angels than I would live another day the way I'm living it at that moment I believe I got saved because that's when I I turned my heart over to God. But I had to call mom and dad because they represented Jesus to me. And I picked up what's called a landline. Do y'all know what a landline is? Have no idea what a landline is, do you? It's a phone with a cord hooked to it. I called mom and dad who live right next door. I said, mom, I said, there's something bad wrong with me. Click. I said, now you know you're in bad shape. When mama hangs up on you. I've been hung up on by many people at least a dozen times. Click call from Kershaw County uh, uh, Correction Center. Do you accept? Click. My wife would never accept. She never bailed me out. I've been hung up on by brothers, sisters, but never mom. I stood there and I began to cry again. I said, now you've done it now, son. You're so bad of a sinner. You're ready to get saved and your mama don't even want to talk to you. I walked into the living room just about that time. I heard the back door opening up. My mom was outstepping my daddy. Had a blood red back, tear stained page, King James Bible, signed by Sammy Allen, Harold Seitler, Harold Seitler, Mays Jackson, and Billy Kelly, tucked up under her arm, outstepping my daddy, met me halfway through the living room floor. She said, I'm gonna tell you what your problem is, boy. You are a sinner. I said, Mama, I know. Now, all for 13 years she's been hearing this, leave me alone, I don't want to hear that. I said, I know. She said, stop arguing with me. She said, you're going to fry like fat back in hell if you don't get saved. I said, Mama, I know. She said, boy, stop. Listen to me for once. She said, your problem's not hell's angels and guns and dope. Your problem is you're going to die and go to hell a sinner. I said, Mama, I know. She said, what did you say? I said, I know I'm a sinner. She got to running laps. Hey, got up in the third heaven, turning that cane into a helicopter. As she was dancing around the living room, my dad was crying. My wife was just standing there bug-eyed. Had no idea what was going on. I said, Mama, will you come down for a minute? I need to talk to you. I'm ready to get saved. My dad is just watching my mom. My mom, borderline preacher. If she could figure out how to be the husband of one wife, son, she'd mount in the pulpit. 
Dad standing over next to the wall beside my wife of 10 years at that time. And our daughter was two. Our son was 10. He was at school that morning. They're just watching. Mama said, kneel down here on this couch, boy. I, lay, I sat down beside Mama, knelt down on She opened up that blessed red back book. She said, here's what the Bible says. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. She said, do you believe that? I said, do you? I believe I'm pretty short of God's glory. I said, point two, please. She said, the wages of sin is death. Do you believe that? I said, I'm almost dead, mama. Get to the good part. Preacher, she flipped a page and what she read changed my life. I could not believe what she was reading to me from God. I had heard it, but I never heard it. These next words sounded so much better than Led Zeppelin, Leonard Skinner, Bob Seger, Kid Rock, Alan Jackson. All of them together could not have sounded as good as what Mama said that morning. She said, but God commendeth his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It hit me like a wrecking ball, baby. I thought, you mean God loves me before I get saved, before I quit dope, before I get out of the club, before I put this down? Mama said he loved you from the moment he died, from the moment of the foundation, of the, from the moment you were conceived, he loved you. She said, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. She said, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. She said, save yourself from this untoward generation. You've got some work to do. And then she said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not a son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Son, I hit my knees. I said, God, I'm a sorry low-down sinner. I'm repenting of my sin. God, if you'll help me out of this mess, get me off the dope, get me out of the liquor, get me out of the club, I'll give you my life. I'll give you every ounce of energy I have. Honey, I went down a beggar come up a millionaire, about 10 gallons of galvanized glory come down to my soul. I got saved by the grace of God. I got saved, friend. Revelation 12, 11, they overcome him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. Something powerful when you hear about where somebody came from. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I got lost so that I could get found. I want you to come back tomorrow night. I'm going to tell you how I got out of the Hell's Angels. I'm going to tell you how I got off the dope. You don't want to miss it. I want you to stand with me. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father, as I come before you tonight, I pray, Lord, I felt a fresh touch as I have preached. I felt a fresh touch. And I pray that as we give this altar call, Lord, I pray that some teenager, some young adult would just commit to not wanting to go through what Barry Spears has gone through. Lord, for every for every one of me that made it out, there's a hundred tombstones that says rest in peace. Lord, the devil, he might not be able to get our soul, but he sure wants to get our testimony and our flesh and our life. He does not want us serving God. And I pray that every teenager and young adult uh, would just surrender to you tonight. If there's a mom or a dad, a grandma or a grandpa that's here tonight that has kind of given up hope, Lord, I know that the dope crowd is so heavy out there. There's inventors of, of evil things going on. Father, I pray that you would re-encourage that mom, dad, husband, or wife that was about to give up. And let them know if you can do it for me, you can do it for anyone. God, you honored my mother and my father's prayers. 
And when it seemed like all hope was gone, help was on the way. Lord, I've been saved and clean for 20 years now because of the grace of God preaching the gospel. Who would have ever thought that you could take someone like me? Lord, an old dope-smoking, hell-bound heathen. Lord, not only save me and clean me up and get me off the dope. Lord, put me in a good fire-breathing church. Baptist, biscuit-baking, offering-taking, sin-hating, Jesus-loving. Baptist church that preaches the King James Bible with life and liberty. Lord, I don't deserve all those things, but you saw fit to put me in the right place at the right time. Call me to preach the gospel. Lord, I give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. I thank you for this good church, for the liberty to preach tonight. Lord, my life verse, Revelation 12, 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. You told us to stand fast there free in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You said to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away in the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Lord, I'm so glad that you put the word of God in our hands, that we can read it and understand that we are more than conquerors. We are not victims. Lord, we are more than conquerors. We are not defeated. Uh, Lord, we are children of the Most High God. We have already been seated together in heavenly places. We're on the winning side, God. And I pray that you'd help us to live like it. I pray that we would live like we've already got the victory. We are of God, little children have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Oh, God, help us to live like we're alive in Christ. You're coming back to get us real soon. May we be about our Father's business. Lord, charge the saints. Save those that are lost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pastor, the service is yours.